It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome to this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. we got a lot to cover. Melissa Barrick with Growing Soil and Water is going to drop by, talk about their 2021 tree sale. That's going to be done virtually this year. And uh, Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji, he's got a whole bunch of stuff in our Up North report to talk about. We'll talk grouse, we'll talk uh, waterfowl hunting, we'll also talk a lot about fishing and uh, how to get registered for CRP. But we're going to kick the show off out on Mille Lacs. We're in Steve Pontiac with Predator Guide Service. And we'll talk about Mille Lacs and some of the surrounding lakes out there. And Steve, uh, now that we're getting a little more ice, uh, you're probably starting to see a few more anglers, huh? Definitely, Brian. The ice is getting to the point where it's pretty safe on most parts of the lake. You know, folks, as usual, I don't care what month it is during the winter season don't trust the ice completely but for the most part brian it's looking pretty good a lot of six seven inches up to 15 16 inches in a few spots they're letting a lot of uh, atvs walkers and side-by-side atvs and and half-ton trucks out there uh on a lot of places in fact some resorts got roads plowed out to some of the closer mud flats so that's been pretty good a lot of good action happening actually on the lax lake especially when you fish around the moon uh, moon periods you know i don't care if you're on the south end east west or north end, the action's been pretty good. You know, there's walleyes that have been caught in the weeds, there's walleyes on the rocks, and there's walleyes way out there on the flats. And some nice perch are starting to happen, too. So all in all, you know, the ice conditions are looking pretty good. A lot of sleeper houses out there, people moving around, people having fun, you know. So, yeah, things are looking good, my friend. Well, you can keep one walleye, right? Yes, yes, you can. Uh, you can keep the walleye. Uh, you know, the slot limit, everybody's pretty familiar with that. In fact, I'm sitting here trying to remember which one it is from the last couple of years. They, they do switch around and everything. But, yeah, you've been able to keep one walleye, and for the most part, people have been having pretty good luck finding that slot limit walleye, and anywhere from four or five to 20, 30 others. So that's been the fun part, Brian. What would be a good tactic to uh, get that one walleye, Steve? I would go to the places where you're going to have the most productivity, the most action. You know, even if it's a small walleye area, there's going to be some big ones moving in. You can go in there with a buckshot rattle spoon, a firefly spoon, you know, a Swedish pimple with a uh, shiner minnow head on. Any one of those I just mentioned, put a shiner minnow head on. That's a great one for jigging. And then on your dead stick, I like to go with a red gamagatsu hook number, you know, number six or four, something small. And then I'd have a small shiner about three inches hooked up on it. And fishing no more than six to eight inches off the bottom, you can put that on a tip-up or you can have a dead stick for that one, like I said. So that's the other uh, combination. It's a one-two punch. So you got jigging up and down and everything. Watch that sonar, you know, like you and I talked, Brian, that's so critical. And then uh, make sure you pay attention to that that tip-up or that dead stick. But the key, again, folks, is do not fish more than a foot off the bottom unless you see them suspended. And make sure it's walleyes, you know. Uh, go up there and stuff. You might be pleasantly surprised, whitefish. But uh, for the most part, walleyes are contour bottom feeders, and they follow the structure on the bottom. So when you're close to the bottom, you got a win-win situation. Late, I mean, early morning, late evening. I mean, is that still kind of the trick out there, or is it all day? 
It is a trick out there, Brian. You know, early in the morning, low lake conditions, fishing on top of the flats, you know, 18 to 22 feet water. It's, it's going to be a sunny day. As the sun starts to get higher, like around 9.30, 10.30, around there, the walleyes will move off the um, primary structure, like I said, the top of the flats or wherever you're fishing, sandbar, and they'll start to go down to the secondary. So if you're fishing 20 feet of water, the sun comes up, and your action slows down, check where that next ledge is. Is that next ledge at 26 feet or 32 feet? That's where they move. Walleyes are eye-sensitive. Their eyes are sensitive to the light, so that's why they move to deeper waters where the low light condition is. So, yes, early in the morning, and then the last hour and a half, two hours before evening. Now, when you fish in the evening, plan on staying an hour or two past sunset. You know, Mille Lacs Lake is known for its fantastic, and I mean fantastic walleye night bite. It's been very, very good. Uh, if you've got a day where it's cloud cover buying all day long, the bite will continue all day long. One thing to do is make sure, you know, check check everything out. Check where the bait shops, where the action is and everything, and whole hop. Unless you're in a big wheelhouse, you're sort of stuck. But get outside and whole hop, too, if it's a nice day, and enjoy what Mother Nature gave you. You mentioned wheelhouses. Are, are you starting to see some of those out there yet, or is everybody out there with portables? Because you basically said a lot of some of the smaller trucks are the ones that are driving out there right now. Yeah, some of the smaller ones, half tons. You don't got the big duallys and everything yet. That's not advised. Of course, you always get someone who knows better, and they go out there with them. You know, you're, you're fishing at your own risk. But, yeah, real houses have been out there for a good couple, two, two and a half weeks already, uh, where it's safe ice. You know, that was closer to shore. Now they're moving up further, so it's really good. Uh, check with the resorts. There's always such a ton of good resorts around the lake and everything, around the surrounding area. You know, get the report from them. Check over there up on the north end, you know, uh, Red Door, check on the south end, you know, Chapman's Resort, the other resorts there, uh, they're all good, they're all good. Uh, Randy's Rentals on the west side is good, and Fisher's on the east side, and uh, they'll tell you where the bite is, how thick the ice is, and how far you can go. So the 10 15 bucks you pay them for a plowed road and security is worth it. And I, I would assume wear ice cleats, huh, because... We've had a lot of snow melt off, so it's probably not a lot of snow out there. It's it's glare ice. No, you're absolutely right. I'm not the young buck I used to be. Where I could, if I was starting to fall, I could catch myself and never touch the ice again. But unfortunately, those days are gone. So, yeah, I love my ice cleats. You know, I've got Yak Tracks. Uh, there's so many different good brands on t- Pack them with you. It doesn't hurt to put them on if you need them, and if you don't need them, take them off. But it's always good to have with you, and it's always a good idea, too, Brian. Keep your ice picks with you around your neck. You just never know. Maybe the ice is okay and safe, but you might fall through a hole. It happens. Sure. And uh, crappies, somebody wants to go after them out on Mille Lacs. Sometimes that's forgotten because, you know, let's face it, Mille Lacs is known for walleyes, muskies, pike, but uh, the crappie bite out there can be really good. Crappie bite can be fantastic, and the size of the crappies on that lake are just incredible. We, in our group, we've taken crappies up to 17 inches. Uh, the crappie hole in Isle Bay is well noted, well worth it. You know, every time people get in there, they have pretty good, decent luck. Uh, so uh, go there with light tackle. Go there with, if you know, a spring bobber rod or a very small bobber. Uh, the hole's not big, so try to be the first ones out there, and you're going to have some luck. Wacom Bay has crappies. It's been successful fishing the cabbage weeds, as is Isle Bay. Uh, Maxwin Bay has been good. Cold Bay has been good. Uh, Vineland Bay, my God, one of the biggest weed beds in the whole lake. There are so many crappies out there, you don't know where to start. Anywhere you find weeds, brine, or uh, timber, you're going to find crappies, you know. 
Garrison Bay, that whole area's got them. Uh, look for the timber, the old wooden piers, because uh, even though there's ice, those old wooden piers attract microorganisms, zooplankton, real short, and it's a food chain. Those little microorganisms that attract minnows, which attracts the crappies. Throw a tip up uh, out there as well, because you might uh, score yourself a big pike. Oh my gosh, they, uh, were, they were going really, really good. Game busters for a while. Slowed down a little bit, Brian, but they were doing fantastic. Sucker minnows, uh, anywhere from 4 to 9 inches, 4 to 10 inches, has been real productive, as well as shiners. A little bit of expense there for uh, pike, you know, fish and shiners. They're not cheap, but uh, northern pike love them. Northern pike love them. So, yeah, I would definitely get out there with a the tip up. Fish that uh, tip up with that uh, sucker minnow or shiner minnow about 18 inches off the bottom. Pike love to follow the bottom and everything. They like to eat dead bait this time of year. If there's a dead minnow on the bottom, they'll eat it. That's been real good. Okay, so don't start laughing now, but hot dogs have been doing pretty good too. So if you want to get an Oscar Mayer hot dog or whatever the case may be, once in a while and more often than not, the northern pike love them. Hmm. It's the smell, you know, it's what's inside of them. Very interesting. And uh, the lakes around Mille Lacs, Steve, they're always pretty good for panfish as well. And you said uh, you're seeing a lot of people out there on some of those as well. Definitely, Brian. You know, Farm Island, Smith Lake, uh, Little Horseshoe Lake over there on the west side of Mille Lacs, you know, the producing crappies. Shakopee's been producing some nice crappies. Uh, Farm Island's a little slow uh, with it and everything. Um, it's been fun. Uh, like I said, Shakopee, I hate to say this because when we started fishing Shakopee up until six years ago, there was only 50 of us that fished it. I quit counting at close to 250, 300 people uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And uh, the sunnies are biting, nothing nothing huge. There's a, some nice ones. But the thing, Brian, that's made me sick on just about every lake I go to, uh, people are leaving their garbage. Moax Lake, you know, Farm Island, Round, Shakopee, all those lakes. You know, people, I know you want to have fun ice fishing, but I don't want to pick up your crap. I don't want to take care of your trash. None of us do. The game wardens can't keep up. So please, please take your garbage with you. I don't care where you come from, if you're local or from the cities or from Wisconsin. Take your garbage with you. Yeah, that's definitely something to keep in mind. One last thing, Steve, before we let you go. Um, This really isn't time of the year that we talk muskies, but... You got a couple of articles uh, coming out here in some publications that uh, people might be interested in. Most definitely. I, I've been writing for Outdoor News for quite a while. I enjoy it. They're a good magazine. You know, um, I've also written, and I'm doing writing right now for Muskie's Inc. magazine. The issues with my articles in it will be coming out from spring all the way till next winter. I got a bunch of articles, got a couple of them done for them. Muskie's Inc. magazine is a great publication. They, they try to promote muskie fishing. And unlike the walleye fishermen, which I know a lot of them and I love them, those muskies aren't eating all your walleyes, plain and simple. <laughs> they prefer a northern pike or a nice, soft, uh, smallmouth bass. But, yeah, I'm honored to be writing for Muskie's Inc. Great publication, great bunch of people. There you go. Steve Spaniak, Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at predatorguideservice.com. And uh, he's on social media as well, so check him out on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, And Steve will be joining us throughout the winter, giving us uh, the report out there on Mille Lacs, which is going to be, I I have a feeling, very, very busy uh, throughout these winter months. Uh, Steve, I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. 
My pleasure, Brian. Thank you very much. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors, and we head up north for the Up North Report. Haven't talked to him in a little while. Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji, joins us. And uh, we're going to talk to Matt about a variety of things, as we always do. Uh, CRP enrollment is something that we're going to chat about. But uh, I think the first thing, Matt, we're going to talk about is fishing, Um, because I'm sure you guys got pretty decent ice up there, and you're starting to see more and more anglers on the lakes. Yeah, um, you know, our ice was looking really good to start the season, and uh, and then we got a little bit of snow, and it kind of hindered things a little bit, and now we've been in this warm spell, and we are kind of in a big holding pattern, if not maybe even losing a little bit of ice. Um, good thing is the snow is getting knocked down, but we're looking at more snow incoming, and then and the next week it's supposed to get really cold, so... Hopefully that snow misses us and we just get the cold weather because we, we could definitely use some more. We're only, um, like where my rentals are, we're only sitting on 13 to 15 inches of ice maximum. Um, and we've got some spots on the lake that are 11 and a half, 12 inches. So uh, people really need to use caution. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard about um, the gentleman who went through on Lake Irving, which is connected to Bemidji, and uh, ended up losing his life. So my heart goes out to, to family and friends of that gentleman. Um, it's just an unfortunate deal. Um, you're dealing with two lakes that have the Mississippi River running through them, and there's a lot of current, and uh, got to be, you know, really aware of that. And anything can happen. It's ice. Where is you know? I, I don't know if I've ever been on Lake Irving before. Where is that in proximity from Lake Bemidji? So if you're driving through Bemidji and you drive over the bridge where the Mississippi River is. Uh, Lake Bemidji is on your right, and Lake Irving is on your left. So it's just a small section of the Mississippi River um, where the current blasts through. Um, and, I mean, basically, Irving is touching Bemidji, uh, the town of Bemidji, as well as um, Lake Bemidji through that little channel of the Mississippi River. So um, there, if there wasn't that landmass in the way, they'd almost be the same lake. So That wasn't the lake that you blindfolded Steve Saponiak and I when we were up fishing with you to go pan fishing, was it? No, no, it was not. But not far from there. So. Okay, yeah, we won't uh, we won't bring up that lake either. But uh, that was interesting because you're like, you guys cannot talk about this. We're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I've never ha- done that to anyone ever. <laughs> How's the fishing been up there, Matt? Um, is, is you know the walleye bite been pretty good? Yeah, the walleye bite's been. It, it's like most years, it's hit or miss. Um, you know, we we've got our houses on perch, which is what we try to keep them on for uh, daytime entertainment. You know, we want people to to maximize their amount of time here, so we don't want them to come here for the weekend. And if we put them on a walleye spot, they might only catch them, you know, at sun up and sundown, and then uh, you know have nothing to do the rest of the day and in the middle of the night or whatever so um on the perch spots you get walleyes that come through and one day a house will catch a dozen and the next day the houses won't won't catch more than one or two so it it's really hit or miss where we're at but you know we're sitting out on uh, 
like deep transitions and mud flats. Um, the guys sitting on brake lines in the evenings and in the mornings, they're catching, you know, five, six walleyes, four or five, six walleyes um, during those twilight hours. And then some people are getting them through the night too that are sitting in shallow shallow water. But you kind of have to pick your poison on what you want to do. And, you know, running a rental operation, we have to uh, kind of go what's, uh, with what's best for <laughs> for everyone in the crew so um so we don't concentrate heavy on those walleye bites but me and tate went out and sat on one of my favorite little walleye spots one evening after we checked on renters and we did pretty well um it, it doesn't take doesn't take much to go out and find a, a few if you're just out for a couple hours but if you're going to spend a substantial amount of time you're going to want to mix it up so that's good to know tactic wise what do you like to do Jigging spoons with minnow heads, uh, Northwoods bait and tackle here has rainbows, which has been awesome. Typically, you don't find much for rainbows in January, so <laughs> uh, for them to have rainbows in stock has been really nice. And uh, you know, you can get some some high grade rainbows that are larger to have on your tip up lines. And then I'm just jigging with a spoon and a minnow head, um, and that seems to be doing the the trick for for anything that comes in that wants to eat. Um, and then a lot of the guys in the rental houses during the day, um, maybe midday when the bite starts to slow down just the hair, they'll throw crappie minnows on or even even jigging uh, waxworms or, or maggots and doing well that way too. But pretty much all on jigging spoons. Um, and even for the crappies and bluegills, we've been using smaller jigging spoons um, or, or using tungsten drop jigs from clam with uh, packed with maggots. And the crappie and bluegill bite has been fantastic. One of the one of the better years I can remember. I wish I just had more time to go out and do it for myself. Yeah, <laughs> don't we all? Uh, up shallow right now, Matt, or are you starting to work a little deeper as the ice gets a little bit better? No, it's been uh, something that's been kind of interesting this year is uh, with the panfish. We've been concentrating less on basin fish. You know, typically, if you're going to go fish crappies, you're going to fish them over those deep basins, and they're going to be suspended, you know, five, six feet up bottom. And that bite really didn't materialize that well. I mean, it did, um, but we were finding bigger fish, like, adjacent to humps in, like, 14 to 20 feet of water, um, and even some up as shallow as 11, 12 feet of water, and riding pretty close to the bottom, within the bottom two feet. And that's kind of what we've been concentrating on is... um, close to ledges or humps um, with deep water adjacent, but um, but more in shallow than typical. Um, I I know I've had a couple memories, and one of them I actually looked at this morning. Um, I had a picture of a really big crappie, and I was looking at the Vexlar in the picture, and and it was like 35 feet of water, and I'm like, man, I haven't haven't found fish that deep at all this year. And how about the perch bite up there? Because Lake Bemidji is well known for, uh, you know, having a, a really good perch lake. And uh, how are people doing if they're going after them right now? Yeah, the perch bite's been fantastic. Our renters have been, uh, they've been really crushing from a number standpoint. And then um, every day I, I'm at least getting a picture of a couple of those really big fat jumbos. Um you know, and every once in a while we'll have a day where the jumbos are really going and, you know, they might have 15, 20 nice, really big fat perch. But, I mean, even the average size, you're catching 9, 10 inchers and uh, and those are great eaters and 
and give you a heck of a fight in 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 its own so they're they're doing good um the bite is really strong kind of all over the lake too and uh, you can get them on the north end or the east side or in the center of the lake i mean they're they're all over the place so I'll never forget uh, the biggest perch I've ever caught in my life was with you up there on Lake Bemidji, and they're in there. And that, and that, honestly, I'll never forget that fish because that is one of the five biggest perch I've ever seen come out of Lake Bemidji. That thing was an absolute giant. Yeah, that you was. You were spoiled. I was, and the thing was, is I we had just set up, and I don't know if I dropped my line down thirty seconds after we set up and that's when i caught it i mean that that's just fishing for you yeah i mean we did really well that day i remember but um but the size that day was uh, extraordinary very good yeah uh let's talk a little bit about uh crp enrollment because i know you're heavily involved with a lot of uh waterfowl stuff and a lot of uh you know grouse and, and and everything like that um what can you tell me there Sure. So CRP enrollment uh, opened up here in the last uh, couple weeks, and it runs all the way through February 12th. And for those who don't know, CRP, uh, the Conservation Reserve Program, and what it allows farmers to do or or landowners or cattle owners, uh, people who want to get some of their their land, uh, their acreage turned back into native prairie grass, which... Uh, which is very important for, uh, specifically for me, sharp-tailed grouse um, and prairie chickens and, and things like that, but but also um, really helps out with, like, deer and fox and things like that because they can rear their young in these tall prairie grasses um, where animals can hide and get away from hawks and other predators. Um, we do, we've lost so much CRP uh, since the 80s, uh, that it's crazy, and specifically since the around 2005, 2007, that that time frame was when CRP was at its highest, and we were seeing really stable numbers and increasing numbers of, of even prairie birds, uh, birds that we don't think of as as game or anything, but um, we've lost huge numbers of all these things. And if people can look at CRP and, and re-enroll, we can get some of that CRP back on the landscape. Uh, it's going to greatly improve a lot of the wildlife, uh, specifically uh, like sharp-tailed grouse and things like that, and specifically in the Northwest. Um, so people who have property in the Northwest and, and want to look at CRP, um, go to your local ag department, fill out the application, uh, see if, if you qualify, and you enroll in this and it turns some of your land back into native prairie grass and any cash paycheck. So you get paid to just let your land sit idle and turn back into uh, what it was native. And it helps with so many different things like uh, soil, uh, water. You don't get as much runoff if you have CRP, things like that. So um, there are, the benefits are endless. I could keep going and going and going, but um but the appeal for the general public is it's a moneymaker for you if you're a landowner. So uh, you make money and you help conservation in in, in the same hand. It's uh, it's a win-win. And speaking, you mentioned sharp-tailed grouse. That's something that's near and dear to your heart, but I know you like to uh, hunt for rough grouse as well up in your 
local area. How did you do uh, this past year? It was my third best season um, as far as numbers uh, of numbers bird of birds put up and number harvested that I've ever had, and and uh, I was super thankful to have a 13 year old that is so addicted to the outdoors now. Um, so I was able to share it with him. I I actually shot my my Minnesota grouse slam. Uh, I shot a prairie chicken, sharp tail, a rough grouse and a spruce grouse all in the same season and all behind uh, my my wonderful dog um, and my son was with on almost every trip except for my prairie chicken so um, he was able to, he keeps bragging about he shot his first limit of grouse so he, he had five in one day on a trip we took up, up north and and uh, he he shot a ton of birds this year, I just let him kind of work behind the dog for the most part and, and I was a handler and and shot when the opportunity arose, um, but yeah, we we saw a lot of birds this year, and uh, and we put down a lot of birds and ate well, and uh, and we're happy to be selective, and uh, it was a it was a great year, and made up for lost time after not getting to hunt last year. So, how was your waterfall season? It didn't exist because we were chasing grouse. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think I think I think I goose hunted twice. And I duck hunted twice, and that was it. And both times uh, for ducks, I mean, we shot some. Uh, we had we had one really good diver hunt, and then one kind of mediocre diver hunt. Um, I didn't even go out after puddle, puddle ducks at all, and uh, and goose hunting was was fair. Um, but we just we didn't scout really. Uh, we didn't put any investment into it because we were so busy chasing uh, rough grouse. So that ate up my entire season and then when deer season came around i had two diehards that wanted to go every day my wife and my son and i shot my my deer opening opening weekend and and wanted to grouse hunt the rest of the time but they wanted to chase the big bucks and my wife shot a really big one and my son shot a little buck so it was a it was a good year sounds good that's matt brewer north country guide service in bemidji you can check him out northcountryguides.com i appreciate it as always matt the information and uh we'll talk to you soon okay buddy sounds great more of Brainerd outdoors after this on b93.3 Outdoors on B93.3, and we always like to talk to uh, Melissa Barrick. She's with Crowing Soil and Water, and a lot of good things that they do here in the Brainerd Lakes area, including a tree sale open house that they have coming up here in 2021. Uh, Melissa, tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, Brian. Um, We are launching the 2021 tree sale uh, pre-order. So uh, as of January 1st, we started selling trees uh, for spring of 2021. And so uh, we always like to have an open house to uh, let people have someone to talk to. So a lot of our customers or just landowners in general typically would like to do something on their property, but don't always know what to do. So that can be maybe they don't know what to plant, Maybe they want, you know, pollinators is a big deal. Maybe they want more birds to come. Or maybe even they would like to improve for deer habitat. 
Um, so those are all kinds of things that this open house is geared for, for people that uh, would like to ask their questions and have the opportunity to kind of speak with somebody about their priorities for their property and, you know, what can they do on their land. Um, and obviously it can be, you know, anybody from a, someone that's in an urban lot in the city of Baxter, city of Brainerd, to someone on a lakeshore or someone that actually has, you know, maybe a couple 40s or something. Um, and so, you know, we kind of serve all landowners or even agricultural landowners as well. Uh, the open house is from 11 to 2, and this year, because of uh, the pandemic, we are having a virtual open house. So it's going to be on Zoom, so it'll be a little different, but we still wanted to provide opportunity for people to uh, connect with experts and be able to ask those questions. And so we're having speakers, uh, a local forester named Dean Mackey. He's a retired DNR uh, forester, and he's kind of the one that started the school forest and uh, at uh, Forest View Elementary School. Um, he's going to come and talk and talk about what he provides to landowners and some of his experience working with landowners related to forest management. And then we'll also have all of the Soil Water Conservation District staff available to answer your questions as well. Um, so we'll have two presentations, or three presentations, and then uh, some time for people to ask their questions. And uh, this year, if you attend our open house, you'll get $10 off any order over $100. And that's only if you attend the open house. So we'll be giving the people that attend the open house uh, a code to be able to uh, get that discount. Um, and again, it's January 27th on Zoom. Uh, you can find the link on our website. Um, and this year for the 2021 uh, tree sale, we launched a brand new website that has a shop page just for our tree sale um, to give people more information and actually be able to see pictures of what these trees and plants look like. And so it's super easy to use. All you have to do is uh, if you Google Crow Wing SWCD or uh, go to our website, which is cwswcd.org, and just go to the shop page and you'll be able to see everything we have available and uh, be able to order online. We also do still accept orders uh, via phone or the mail, uh, whatever way that uh, works best for you. And um, again, I guess like I just love to highlight the tree sale customers because um, really these people are my heroes because um, a lot of these people have been planting trees or plants for many years. Um, some of these people go back probably 10, 15 years and continue to kind of keep adding uh, new trees. And to me, it's a great way to uh, do something positive for your community and uh, even for your own family. I think every kid has a memory of getting some tree from home or from school and bringing it home and then planting it and then seeing it be able to grow. And so it's truly, uh, I think, a great thing that anybody can do. And again, you know, we can service all types of landowners. Yeah, and you mentioned that because uh, when when you said that you have Dean Mackey on, one of the first speakers that you have, being this is from 11 until 2 on January 27th, uh, is somebody to talk about prairie restoration. And that's kind of a big thing in Minnesota right now. Yeah, so um, 
a lot of people are trying to uh, kind of bring back some of the prairie species um, for either the pollinator habitat so that, you know, we have um, more of the, the pollinators, but also just because these prairie species have super long roots. Um, so I always like to say if you can picture Kentucky bluegrass in your own yard, however tall the plant is, uh, above ground is how tall it is below ground. And so Kentucky bluegrass has a very, very short root system. But you take something like uh, Big Blue Stem or some of these others, and they can go like 6 to 15 feet down below the ground. And so th- those uh, roots are really important to keeping the soil healthy, providing opportunity for the water to be able to get into the ground uh, through those different channels the roots create. And then also, you know, providing that habitat for different critters as well as, like I talked about, the bees and the birds. Um, so, yeah, it, it, we'll have someone from Prairie Restoration that can will be talking about what you can do. Um, and then the other thing that's new on our, our uh, order form this year, too, is uh, Minnesota Natives, which is another uh, company that we get our, our plants from. They uh, launched a new program um, called like Pocket uh, Pocket Pollinator and so we are selling their kit which is another great way um, to get some people to put a, just a small little plot of pollinator species in their yard and you get all the materials and they're going to ship it directly to your house and instructions um, and there's some cool videos too on their website about those pocket prairies but um it's another great way just to kind of, if you want to just try something a little bit, you know, you don't want to take your whole yard and create a huge prairie, but maybe you have that that spot that you don't really want to mow anymore and um, you've been wanting to do something, and uh, this would be a great way where it just comes straight to your house, has all the instructions, all the materials, and um, you can just go ahead and take uh, a little bit of time and uh, plant that little pocket of prairie. And one of you know some other things that you guys are going to be talking about that uh, sometimes people you know don't think about is like rain gardens, erosion control, um, conversation easements, shoreline restoration, rain barrels. You know, you mentioned forest planting and and all that. That's all going to be covered through this as well, right? Yeah. So um, at, during the open house, we'll have the speakers be able to talk a little bit. And then there'll be time for questions. And then uh, during the question and answer time, people can ask us those questions. They can talk about their specific property. And even, um, you know, we can help them guide them and say, oh, did you know that there's maybe some money out there? If you do this type of program, um, you might be able to get some cost share to help with the cost of that project or, you know, if you're if you have some 20 acres or more, you enroll into one of some of the forestry programs. You can reduce your taxes. Um, so there's lots of options for landowners, and you know we're just trying to help guide you guys uh, to let you know what's available and kind of help meet the goals of your specific property that you have. So there you go. That's uh, the 2021 tree sale that's happening Wednesday, January 27th. From 11 to 2. And uh, Melissa, one more time, if people want more information on everything that you're going to cover and how to get that Zoom link, because it's going to be virtual, uh, where can they find that? 
Um, they can find that at our website, again, uh, cwswc.org, or call uh, 218-828-6197, um, and we'll be able to help you out with uh, getting on that call or on the Zoom meeting. Anything else, Melissa, before we let you go? Nope. We're excited for 2021, and um, thank you to all the people that have planted trees. There you go. Melissa Barrick, she's with Crowing Soil and Water. Have a great week, Melissa. Good luck with the sale, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, sounds good. Thanks again. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, Monday mornings at 5. You can stream it live if you're away from your radio or out of town at todaysbestcountry.com as well as Brainerd Outdoors Radio. Dot com And, of course, we're all over the podcast network, so wherever you download your favorite podcast, you can download Brainerd Outdoors that way as well. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Thielen Meats, Ores and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.